You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. War Eagle Auburn family, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball analysis here on the E2C Network. On this episode, we're going to be breaking down an Auburn Tigers win. The losing streak is no more. We have finally gotten a win on the road and in the SEC for the first time this season. The Auburn Tigers take down the UGA Bulldogs in Athens on the road, 95-77. to Their record now stands at 7-6 and on the year and 1-4 and in the SEC. Hopefully, this is going to be the start of something much more satisfying in conference play going forward. And it was the second game with Sharif Cooper. So a lot of stuff to talk about tonight. And of course, it's always nice when I have an extra voice here to break down the action of the game. And I've invited back Gray Oldenburg. Gray, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me, Kyle. You know, Gray, I think if you're going to come back for a third episode, it might as well be one where Sharif Cooper is involved. What do you think about that man? Absolutely. This dude is incredible he he can he can flat out play now did you think that his hype was going to like you know usually when you you see kind of these situations happen the the kids hyped up they come in and they show a couple flashes and but you may be a few struggles here he just steps onto the court in two games and says you know what i'll just be the leading scorer yeah (laughs) it's it's crazy you know his ability to just adjust that quickly you know, just two games, he's already, you know, he's one freshman of the week, just playing one game last week against Alabama. And, you know, this week, you know, he's got a chance to improve on it even more. And that, tonight, that he played great tonight. Well, and think about it this way, too, is that he is not even technically in full game shape yet. Yes, exactly. he's been practicing with the team, but even for a while there, he wasn't allowed to practice with the team. So when he actually gets in the shape, and you could actually kind of, at least I'm interpreting this into his facial expressions and stuff. At the end of the game, you could see he was, what I felt like was pretty gassed, but still giving in all his effort out there. Yeah. And so when he's finally in a position where he's able to really manage that second and third wins that usually come for basketball players in a very long game, uh, it's going to be quite impressive to see what he can do. And he's only scoring 20-something points per game at this point. <laughs> I don't know what else you can do at, at yeah. this point with uh, impressing us, but great debut in two games for him. We'll talk a little bit more about that within the game. We always like to start out with uh, opening uh, notes about the program and surrounding the game as well. We've kind of already touched on that with Sharif Cooper's second game here. A uh, little bit of a interesting situation here with Justin Powell. According to reports, he was cleared to play for this game. Uh, however, uh, the coaching staff chose not to play him. Do you take that as an extra precaution, Gray, or do you think yeah. that maybe he still isn't over what he had going on? I mean, it is a concussion. You know, that's something that, you know, even if it's not a big deal, you have to be careful with. But I do think it was a precaution. You know, he didn't even make the trip. So it's not like, you know, it wasn't because he 
can't play. It's it's because there needs to be a reason he's not going to be able to play. And you know, you know we got a big game Saturday. <laughs> we got a big game Saturday. You need you, him Saturday. you are already thinking way ahead, sir, <laughs> in this episode, and I love it. But we'll get to that one in a second because I've got something related to him. But yeah, I agree with you. I do think this is just one extra precaution. If you're gonna have you know your dream team debut together, you might as well do it in one of your biggest games of the season yeah. in Auburn Arena. Here's the shame. We're already look. Hold on, I'm gonna just stop here because I can't even like get to the Kentucky <laughs> games just yet. So Kyle, <laughs> just just forget about it for like. 10, 15 minutes that we can talk about. It. All right, here we go. Uh, look, this uh, game was the first SEC win for the Tigers. Um, a very frustrating start of SEC play uh, for Auburn. What has been the biggest struggle for Auburn and why we were just now getting our first SEC win? Oh, it's the not having a point guard. And not having a point guard comes in so many different ways, you know, hurts us in so many different ways. You know, being stagnant on offense and not – you know, getting out in transition, not moving, and players not knowing where to go, especially with a team this young. You know, and with a guy like Sharif Cooper, that changes the entire complexion of the offense. Yeah, it really does. And I think it's as simple as that. When you don't have a point guard, when you don't have a field general, it's like walking out in the football field without a without true a quarterback. quarterback. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, you can maybe put something together that looks a little bit something like a team, but when you don't have a field general, things start to fall apart. And, you know, Justin did a great job servicing in that area. And then Allen, when he Flanagan, when he could, but when you're mixing and matching, there's no consistency. I mean, that really causes you to suffer and you yeah. didn't, and you played some of the better teams in the sec to start off the year. So four losses, but thankfully that has ended for now. Hopefully we're talking about many more sec wins after this. This is kind of the part of the show where I kind of like to remind folks that weren't able to watch or listen, kind of how the game went. There's really not much differential here other than Auburn dominating most of the way. Auburn asserted themselves from the very beginning, and here's the ticket, on the road. And that, to me, is very encouraging because, Gray, I can, I'm can i sure you remember in past seasons, even as good as some of these Auburn teams that we've had of the last two or three seasons, they struggled on the road a little bit. But this yeah. is a young, talented team who has shown their deficiencies at times. But yet, I have not seen too many frustrating things on the road for them. I've seen more things to be encouraged about. Yeah, you're exactly, yeah, you got it right. You know, the only frustrating game that I was really – you know, frustrating. Besides the old Miss game, was that UCF trip? You know, that was yeah, that was terrible, and yeah. we just couldn't find a shot at the, at that time. But you know, you know, we've seen flashes, just like you said, we've seen flashes of this young, really, really talented team. You know, coming together on the road like that. You know, this team's got a chance to be really, really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the UCF game, and I kind of try to always put things in context. And you have to remember they're coming off a game against number one Gonzaga where they, yeah. you know, they tried their best to hang with them, but they're just not ready for that level, at, at least at that point in the season. And then you got to go on the road to a decent UCF team and try to put this thing back together with still trying to figure out the point guard situation with an emerging Justin Powell. So you can understand the frustrations there. But so far this year on the road, I've been more encouraged than I have discouraged. 
let's get back on the Sharif Cooper hype train just for a minute. Cause I know that's the big thing that everyone yeah. really wants to talk about. And it's rightfully so. Cause he is just first onto the scenes first game, 26 points. I'll just go ahead and throw up another 28 points for my second game. What's, what's the thing that sticks out to you the most in this game for Sharif Cooper? Oh, his court vision is just unbelievable. It's unmatchable. It reminds me so much of watching Jared Harper, you know, directing traffic, directing his teammates, you know, whether it's his bigs or his guards to get them open shots and then making that pass and executing on it is, is fantastic. It really is. And when you say court vision, that can be, you know, so subjective of how everybody interprets it. But I think when you're, if you've been a point guard before, you kind of understand what that is. It's a lot of anticipation, knowing where your players are space in spacing yourself out in a way that allows players to space out better. A point guard is best, not when they are trying to do in all the scoring themselves, but when they are setting other players up for success because when they do that that allows them to emerge in scoring and other assets that they can bring to the table Um, and i thought that that is what uh, i like your pick of his vision but him setting others up which kind of goes along with the whole vision aspect is what i loved most about him in this game and i mean how many alley-oops did we have gray like 20 yeah a lot of party I think I'm here for it. You've got athletes like that and those long like Thor and Cambridge and Jalen and Cardwell. You, I mean, you've got a guy that can make that pass. You throw it up there. They'll go get it. I, I kind of got a feeling here that if he's got a favorite early target, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I feel like Cardwell was his favorite little, you know, just throw it up there and let him go get it type of situation. Well, high school teammate action, yeah. Yeah, so there's a little bit of a, you know, a friendship connection there that they kind of already know each other a little bit, and that can really play in their favor going forward. And I think that will do well for a guy like Cardwell, who's come in, and each time he's on the floor, he's got the energy, he wants to be out there. He He's never a detriment in terms of... Um, you know, the, that type of stuff, but sometimes there are some things that he struggled. I think you mentioned that he's just got to catch the ball. Yeah. Yeah. He's, you know, he's just got to relax. He's got to know, you know, he's got to know he's got a point guard now and he's got to know that his point guard will get him the ball when he's open. However it takes. Yeah. You know, he's just got to relax and catch the ball and, you know, play his game, you know, catch lobs. He's he's blocking the crap out of shots. You know, he's getting (laughs) great rebounds. So you just got to do what you got to do. Well, you brought that up right there, blocking shots. And, you know, I think if there was any other storyline other than Sharif Cooper to talk about in this game, and that is the the battle and the pain. And when I say battle, the really there was not much of a battle was Auburn completely owning both sides of the paint for both halves they had a block party they scored uh, buckets in the paint uh, just complete utter and domination and I think that's probably the difference it's not even really Sharif Cooper that's the difference it's the way they dominated in the paint on the road and it kind of demoralized Georgia I thought yeah oh yeah it definitely did and there were multiple times where we would get multiple blocks on many possessions, you know, because we block it right back to them. Then they come driving right back down the lane. We block it right back out. It was, well, you got, just like I said, you got a team this long, this athletic, those kind of things are going to happen. And I'm kind of starting to get excited now because when we start thinking about the freshman class this year of, uh, you know, Sharif Cooper, JT Thor, and then uh, uh, Justin Powell as well when he finally gets back. And they even showed the graphic on the TV of how special this class is. And, 
you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and, and act like Sharif's going to be here forever. I mean, at this rate, he may not be here next this season. At this rate, he's going to be the number one overall pick. <laughs> at this rate, we may not get to see him ever again. Uh, so you might as well enjoy it while you can, Auburn fans. Uh, but can you imagine a a regular season where that freshman class is together for a full year, where you've got Thor, Powell, I mean, you talk about a triangle, triple threat type of situation. I don't know that there's going to be a better group of three in all of college basketball if they finally bring it all together. You're right. And not to um, look too far ahead, but you've got a guy coming in next year that already broke Sharif Cooper's in the highest ranked <laughs> commit and signee and Jabari Smith the second, who Oh my goodness. You add him to these guys and the Trey Alexander guard, the four star guard. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a wealth of riches and problem is is finding spaces for all of these players to to get time on the floor. And obviously, you know, that thing works out every season, but we're getting way far ahead. We're just really excited <laughs> about what we're seeing. And here's the funny thing is that we're excited in a season that really isn't going to amount to much ultimately um, unless some miracle comes out of the skies and declares that Auburn is actually eligible to be in the postseason. Uh, you know, th- we're just enjoying the basketball that we have at this point, And there is plenty, plenty to be excited about. Hey, Auburn fans. I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special here at the E2C network. We pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs, especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, E2Cnetwork.com slash support. Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. Before we walk through some stats, though, I do need to kind of, I like to always pay attention to the team that we're playing, especially when we're going to see them a second time, and we will see Georgia again. And there's not really much to talk about with Georgia because they really did get dominated. However, there's a couple of players that stuck out to me. One is Katie Johnson, who's kind of a similar story to Sharif Cooper, just got declared eligible, uh, and uh, he had quite a debut for Georgia at home, and it wasn't as helpful as they needed it to be. I mean, he did only scored 21 points, uh, but very impressive for here. And, you know, I think another reason we'd like to see, see Sharif Cooper stay around longer and Katie as well is this matchup could be something quite entertaining to watch, not just in this next game of the season, but for maybe another season as well. 
and another uh, big player for UGA as well. And I, I'm just honestly being funny here, mainly because this is what stuck out to me, is I, I thinking that we may have a Sean Shivers clone only in basketball and only on UGA's team. Uh, the dude, how many steps did he take? How many traveling calls did not get called on, do you think? At least 18. I mean, I just felt like every time he had the ball, he would just put the, tuck the ball like a football. And this is why I felt like he was Sean Shivers. Yeah. And then just start just pounding those feet and those, you know, this small little guy. And then they'd never even realize that his feet ever hit the floor. And next thing you know, he's barreling into somebody. Uh, he's a little out of control, but he's a, he's got a lot of energy and a pretty good motor. So if they can figure out that whole backcourt situation, uh, Georgia could have a pretty good thing going there with Johnson and Wheeler. So I was quite uh, um, impressed uh, with what the potential could be there. So let's walk through some stats here. Uh, other than Sharif Cooper tonight, who sticks out to you on the stat board? Uh, Devin Cambridge played probably his best game. You know, 14 points, four rebounds, all of the block. He had five blocks. I, he went, you know, he didn't shoot the ball particularly well from the three. You know, he hit one, but, you know, the whole team didn't shoot the ball. We didn't shoot the ball a lot. You know, we only went five of 20 from three. So I think Devin, you know, he, he likes having a point guard that can throw him those high lobs and, you know, him getting those rebounds and blocking those shots, just throwing it right back at their face. I he, Maybe we're starting to see why Devin Cambridge is – Maybe we're starting to see the Devin Cambridge hype in him. Let me ask you this on that note then, because I talked a lot about on previous episodes that I felt, and I kind of still am leaning that way, that Devin Cambridge is still best suited in the starting lineup and bringing Jamal Johnson out as the sixth man. But maybe that's starting to kind of change the narrative a little bit. I mean, do yeah. what do you think? Do you think Devin's more suited in the starting lineup or, or coming on early as a, a rotation guy? Yeah, he's played pretty well in the last two games, so it couldn't hurt. Yeah. To keep Jamal in there. You know, Jamal's shooting the ball well. You know, he made two threes tonight that led the team and made threes. He had 10 points. You know, he's playing great. 34 minutes. Cambridge still came off the bench and had 26 minutes. So I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of minutes cutting down. I think it's more of Devin being able to see the game first before yeah. coming in and jumping to action. So here's the next question on top of that. With Powell in the mix, and let's assume two games into him being back, he's back at full strength. And you know, pretty pretty set in terms of moving on from that uh, injury that he had. Where do you find the time for Powell and Jamal Johnson? I mean, do you let Johnson, as good as he's been doing, start over Powell at this point? I don't. I don't know. I guess that's why we're not the coaches, right? It's probably thankful. <laughs> I don't know. Are. I mean, the, both of those guys, you've got to have on the floor. Yeah. You know, especially yeah. with Johnson being our only upperclassman. But Justin, Justin special. You've got to find a way to get him on the floor, even if he's you know, coming off of a four-game skid where he didn't play. Yeah, yeah. Well, and here's the the good thing, too, is that he the coaching staff is finding time for players, even if they don't start. I mean, yeah. obviously, you've got to see a guy like Sharif Cooper be out there for the vast majority of the game, uh, you know, even an Alan Flanagan. Uh, but even still, they're finding ways to utilize these players and get them significant minutes. And people are actually utilizing those minutes when they get them very well, making the decision even harder. So we had six players, I believe, if I'm doing my math right very fast here, got into double digits. So Jamal Johnson with 10, Cooper with 28, Thor with 11, uh, Flanagan with 11, Williams with 11, and Cambridge with 14. Babatunde Akingbola obviously scored four. 
and then uh, Cardwell uh, scored six. You know, poor Javon Franklin, I had wanted him to kind of burst onto the scene a little bit, but yeah. he's he's obviously getting less and less time, but he's still seeing minutes every game. I just I kind of feel bad for him because he continues to fall back in the depth chart, but maybe there will be another opportunity for him later on in the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He's He's a great player. He's a great – guy energy guy to come off the bench but you know with the talent that's on this team it's going to be hard to find minutes yeah and that's unfortunately what does happen as uh it goes forward uh let's look at some team stats as well we talked about how well auburn uh shot from the actual like the more higher percentage shots tonight which resulted in a 56 percentage of shooting that's very very good three-point shooting wasn't all that great 25 percent uh free throws uh, you tried to sell me on 77%, Gray, before we got on the show, sir. That is not good enough for me still, but I, I can see that at, as bad as we've been, I must be okay with that at some point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, you, you could always be as bad as George is, right? That's true. That, <laughs> that is true. I, the, whole, the whole game, I was like, well, let's just foul them because they're 50% from the free throw line right now. Yeah. yeah. There are few things in basketball that are – always the case if you can be successful in free throws at least more successful than the other team that typically will result in a win for you and free throws is definitely in that walking down some of the other stats here 21 turnovers for auburn so they were very careless with the ball tonight but uh, i think uh, you know obviously georgia was as well and the differential in terms of points off those turnovers wasn't that large either in one favoring one or the other so it's just kind of interesting to look even though there's such a big gap in terms of the score at the end of the game Turnovers didn't seem to be that big of a deal because both teams were so sloppy with the ball. Yeah. We talked we talked a lot about Auburn dominating the paint, but there's not a big spread in terms of total rebounds either. Now you can look at them individually, and one team dominated in one area or the other. Uh, and then even in second chance points, Georgia got the lead. So you look at these stats. What's the difference here? Why does Auburn dominate Georgia on the road? Is it simply Sharif Cooper? Or is there something else I'm missing? Yeah, I think it's the fast break points, and that comes with having a point guard like Sharif Cooper and getting out in transition and, uh, you know, those long passes that he makes. You know, he made one to Jalen, then he made one to Devin. You know, after a Georgia three, you know, quick out. You know, I just think it's the ability to get out in transition, and when we do get in the half court, dominating inside points in the paint. Absolutely. I think it's a great point to bring up there, and that kind of correlates to the assists that you see where Auburn clearly was the favorite in that 19 to Georgia's eight. And then if you look at how many players scored points tonight and scored in double digits, coordinating that to uh, fast break points and, and assists is probably really the difference in why Auburn was so successful against their rival on the road. So we're going to put this one away, a solid win against a rival to get your first SEC win to break a losing streak. And hopefully this is the first of many more that we're going to be talking about in the future now let's take a look at that oh you know it's just a little bit of a matchup against kentucky and it's it's kentucky who's struggling this year so it's kind of like oh i feel bad for them but not really but i'm always entertained by the kentucky game and let's rewind uh for a little bit gray this time last year first game with kentucky in auburn arena you know, college game day comes to the arena. It's packed out. Everybody screaming. This is before COVID-19 when we all could get together and actually hug on each other and stuff. I mean, how odd is it when you think back a year from this point about how much hype was around this game? And now you've got Auburn and Kentucky, who are one of the technically bottom of the SEC at this point. What a difference a year makes. 
I know. I know. And it doesn't seem like a year. It seems like 10 or 15 years. You know, we're talking the two best programs in the SEC are at the bottom of the two of the SEC. And, you know, that just comes with youth and, you know, maybe not having that home court advantage comes along with the play because those are probably the two best in Auburn Arena and Rupp Arena. So, you know, I guess we'll just, I guess we'll see Saturday. But see, here's the thing, though, with Kentucky, you know, they have young talent every single year that leaves the exact same year. And then for whatever reason, this year it just hasn't come together. And this is kind of taking a step forward a little bit quicker. But, you know, the player to watch for Kentucky, everybody thought this year was Brandon Boston Jr., the freshman guard, who, Mm -hmm. by the way, this is a guard that's six foot seven. That's a guard, folks. That's what he's listed at. That ain't a, ain't a guard. That's a, at minimum. That's a small forward. I understand he probably plays the position differently and all that stuff, but he's only scoring twelve point one points per game. I mean, do you think they're just kind of finally fallen to victim to they've got too much talent that they don't know how to mesh together? Maybe so. I mean, maybe so. You know, you know, Cal, you know, Calipari is going to find a way for them to you know, be dominant by the end of this stage, but, and he may find a way for them to be dominant on Saturday. What you're telling me is here I am getting all hyped up for us to wolf on Kentucky (laughs) and I shouldn't expect it. Is that what you're telling me? Well, I'm just saying, let's slow down and let's know that this is a blue blood. But we are too, so come on. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> Except we got a little orange in there too with that bl- with that blue. Um, let's look at Kentucky here just uh, really quickly. Uh, they are four and seven on the year, three and one in the SEC, and they didn't get their wins actually until they started SEC play. Uh, the game's going to be at one p.m. Central Time this Saturday, the sixteenth. You can watch it on ESPN. So it's going to be one of their prime, not prime time games, but one of their feature games of uh, the Saturday. So I, I'm sure everybody will be tuning in to watch that in the college basketball world. Yeah. Coming off a loss at home in Rupp Arena, which is odd, and a, even odder to Alabama, 85 yeah. to 65. And that's that's not a loss. That's a pretty solid win for Alabama on the road. So as much as we give Alabama crap, they did beat us. They went on the road and they beat Kentucky. So they seem to be at least serviceable as a team this year. So I can't really fault them for that. Kentucky as well, um, also probably their signature win so far as on the road at Florida. And their worst loss was, and mainly because it was at home, was at Richmond. So you can kind of see the tale of two Kentuckys building here. They've got the talent to compete with the best, but yet they're still struggling to beat some of the teams they should beat on their schedule, especially at home. You would have expected them to beat Alabama, but for some reason Alabama has just figured something out, at least for this part of the thing. Here's the thing that has me most excited for this game, and I think you know what it is. Justin Powell, if he returns as the number one recruit out of Kentucky and got passed over by John Calipari. He's going for 40. You, you're calling 40. Are you going to call that shot? 40. I'm calling 40. <laughs> it's a little bold. Number one recruit out of Kentucky. Did not get recruited by the Wildcats. And now yeah. we're seeing all these scoring struggles for Kentucky, especially at the guard position. And we're like, well, you know, if you recruited your home state well enough, you'd have one of the top freshmen in the SEC. It's funny how things work. 
And, yeah. you know, you got to give kudos to Bruce Pearl for knowing what he was going into when he goes to con- uh, recruit the Kentucky area, knowing who he's – I mean, keep in mind, this isn't just Kentucky that's paying attention to this guy probably. Or he, they weren't, honestly, but uh, Louisville's in that area. You know, they've yeah. got some, you know, Big Ten teams that are close by that are probably at least giving him a look here and there. And not to mention, the, he's in the pretty much a sweet spot to get looked at from a lot of good basketball schools across the country. Um, so the fact that Bruce walks in and convinces the number one recruit in Kentucky and says, Hey, look, I know you probably want to be part of that blue blood over there. Why don't you become part of the, the new blue bloods here? That's right. The story is set. And are you, I'm going to give you one more opportunity, Gray. Do you want to stand by that 40 point prediction? You know what? Bump it to 50. Oh, my Why gosh. Why not? Now, is it, you're, you're going, look, I don't know how long you've been uh, listening to our network, but you're going full Ben King on me now from the No Huddle Show. He used to be the co-host on that and just would call outrageous things. So you might have to take his role of just making outrageous claims from now on. Regardless, we're excited about this matchup. Um, it's got a good feeling going in from the win on the road in UGA, and hopefully we can keep the winning streak going and get a a win in what has been a very budding rivalry between Auburn and Kentucky under the Bruce Pearl era. Uh, So that's all we have here on this episode for you. Gray, thank you so much for joining me once again to give your perspectives and being here to celebrate Sharif Cooper. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me again on the game, Kyle. We appreciate you all listening. Until we talk to you again, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?